Welcome to the Nodcast. Uh, very exciting night we've got tonight. Uh, we've been heralding this special guest for weeks and weeks and weeks, so you'll probably hear the excitement bubbling over in the early stages. Uh, as always, I'm Steve Mann. I'm joined by Sam Deegan and Rob Mann, the co-hosts of the Nodcast. How are you, boys? Yeah, not too bad. Feeling pretty good, actually, tonight. Um, it's taken us a little bit of time to get going because we had to wake the, the guest up. From his afternoon nap, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah I'm just, excited to see. I'm excited to see this one. How this one goes, because he's. Um, I saw him on the weekend, and he promised that he was going to set the record straight and um, dispel some of the rumours that have been circulating about him um, in his absence at the club over the last couple of months. So I'm looking forward to hearing from him. Yes, well, well I, I think a lot of the listeners are too, because since we mentioned a few weeks back, we were going to be getting on, uh, getting him on the podcast. We've definitely had a lot of positive feedback. So uh, without further ado, uh, introducing our special guest for this evening. He's a exactly 300 gamer at an Old Collegians Football Club, life member, which one of the early ones too. I think he's been life member from since about 1997. Um, one of the best timekeepers going around in the VAFA bar none. And, uh, and many of the players will probably know him as a one of the more credentialed teachers at Mazenod College. I, of course, talk of Peter Riley. Riles, welcome. Thank you very much, Steve. Uh, thanks, Rob. Thanks, Sammy. Um, uh, very privileged to uh, be part of this fantastic program, which I've been listening to uh, very intently and um, and certainly following in some special guests. Uh, you know, so I feel very humbled to be here uh, tonight. So thank you very much. Are you, you, were you a little disappointed when you weren't the first member of your family to come on the Nodcast? I know... Ben was pretty excited that he got the nod ahead of you, given your pretty extensive list of credentials at the club. Oh, look, no, not really. I mean, it's good that Ben uh, is able to get something on me because I don't think uh, he's going to have much on me as far as his footy career goes. So, um, no, look, that was good on him. I think uh, I think I was laid up in hospital at the time. Um I do believe that he, uh, we were supposed to be on together and uh, he made up some story about me taking notes on my phone, um, which I don't really know even how to, know how to do that. So, um, <laughs> no, nah, look, good on him for having a, a, um, sort of a first. For a while. It, must be difficult, it must be difficult for him, as you've sort of alluded to, living in you know, such a shadow that you've cast over um, the club after 300 games and multiple premierships and captains and best and fairest, it must be difficult for him to um, sort of step into that? Well, well, I don't know. He's a pretty confident young man. And uh, often, um, as he uh, constantly reminds me, uh, I was playing in H grade or something like that. <laughs> so when I sort of tell him about, um, you know, the, the, the premierships and how many I played in, and um, yeah, he happens to remind me about those, uh, those sort of low grades. But uh, I have to. I was sort of trying to tell him. Well, we had to start somewhere, and thanks to people like um, people like us, uh, you're able to play in a good standard uh, of uh, competition now. So, um, yeah, I don't think he really. Um, I don't think he really rates my um, my uh, my footballing um, pedigree. And there is a bit of black and white footage um, around of your playing days, isn't there? Somewhere, if we really dug into the archives. 
Well, I'm not sure. Well, that, it's actually colour. It's not very clear. <laughs> it's not very clear footage. And, um, you know, when I watched that Hampton Rovers game um, the other week when that was on TV when I was still recovering and uh, I couldn't believe how good the footage was. So, no, though, well, we've still got like the 81 grand final and, um, yeah, we've still got um, a few of the old games. Do you ever dust out the projector and just get it on on a Friday night just to get Ben fired up before a game? No, no, I, I, it's a great idea, Steve. I should do that. It's very hard to get him out of his room. Um, he's uh, <laughs> sort of like a motel here, you know, like I go and knock on the door, dinner's ready. Um, <laughs> you know, so uh, make sure you've got your laundry out. Um, yeah, so we don't often see him. He'll come home and uh, uh, be lucky to get a bit of a, uh, a grunt. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, also, we've got to bring it up later, but I was just hoping that there might be someone out there that might be interested in Ben, you know, a young girl or a young guy. I don't mind. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's time for him to, to to leave the nest. You know what I mean? Well, we've been looking. We've been looking to sell some advertising space on the podcast. So ben Riley could definitely. Um, if he wants to put his services out there for sale, we could probably uh, look for something. It is Ladies Week this weekend, so uh, for any of the ladies out there listening. Ben is on the market eligible and um, I'm sure we'll be there front and centre ladies days just, you know, passing out drinks or, or whatever it is that yeah, needs to be. So always puts himself right in the middle of it. And he comes from great stock, obviously. But to go back to your earlier question, Steve, yes. I think that um, potentially the reason Riles doesn't um, dig up the old footage on a Friday night um, to watch his old, old replays is because, and Ben alluded to this earlier in the in the season when apparently he watches Friday night footy and practices his timekeeping. So um, I don't think that there's probably time to watch the old stuff when you're busy doing the <laughs> usual Friday routine. Look, I'm glad you brought that up, Rob, because um, that's been uh, that's been annoying me a little bit because I know you've got a very um, a very um, smart audience and uh but i'm just i just think there's probably a few people out there that actually probably believed young benjamin when he said that i did that um so that that's total nonsense I, i've never had to do that um never had to practice um but, but you um, are a skilled you are a skilled um timekeeper and you know you've been you've been helping out the club for a number of years in that regard and um self proclaimed to be one of the few people that have actually read the rule book before embarking on that job. Is that right? Well, that's true. That's true. I even printed off the um, relevant information from the, the VAFA website and uh, I, I messaged that uh, little document to Jane Hall the other week because uh, I had to give her a bit of a, uh, had to give her some um, tutelage at Hampton Rovers. That's it's also interesting because the last couple of weeks, and I know you've got a couple of proteges that have been sort of helping out in your um, during your injury um, that you're going through at the moment, but we've had some very long quarters lately. I think we've got one up to about 38 minutes um, recently. So is that an accurate reading from your perspective or is that just someone maybe falling asleep at the, the wheel, so to speak? Well, look, I, I would never want to be critical of my fellow timekeepers. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a tough job. And um, I used to get, uh, I think they were just egging me on in the end because I used to get criticised uh, each week. And I used to try to say, have you ever done the job? You actually know that when the clock stops and, you know, there's a blood rule and uh, the you know, injuries and uh, all that kind of stuff. They had no idea. But, uh, so, unfortunately, yeah, some, uh, some quarters do happen to go 
uh, yeah, a fairly long time, but uh, there's not much you can do about that. Yeah, I've heard a whisper that a current timekeeper in the seniors has actually seen bringing a pillow and a blanket over to the booth a couple <laughs> of weeks back. I don't know if that contributed in any way to the very long quarters, but I don't know. Maybe the wheels might be falling off, Rose. You might need to step in. And we do have a long history of um, excellence timekeepers at the club. Um, I think back in our old days in the bottom oval, um, was it? Nick, Nick Perry's day did it for a while. Yeah, Nick Perry's day. I think he, and he secured that position because it was the best seat in the house for about 10 years there. <laughs> and <laughs> so it was a great Hamilton, spot. Yeah, Laurie Hamilton many years ago. So the, old, uh, the old listeners will remember um, Laurie Hamilton, um, father of Andrew Hamilton, did it for a long, long time as well. And Dills Kills recently has taken up residence doing that, Steve, for the threes. Is that right? Uh, yep. Dills Tills is a man who wears many hats. Um, in fact, for a very, very bright one on the weekend, and my opponent said to me, what's it do with your runner? He's awesome. Look at him. He's got, like, dreads. <laughs> he's got, like, this bright hat. He's running around with, like, a giant gold watch. So, yeah, Dills, <laughs> but Dills has been known to dabble in timekeeping. Um, I just uh, you mentioned Laurie Hamilton. He was another life member as well, I think, right? If I remember. Yes, that. I think so. Yep, Laurie, yeah, Laurie, yeah. of the club. Yep. Do yep. you know who was timekeeping? This has been a bugbear of mine for about a decade. The day of the '19s Grand Final in about 2012 or 2013, when our '19s lost after the siren in a quarter that went for 39 minutes. Rob, you would have been there that day. Yeah, I was there. That was against Collegians out at uh, yep. at the Crushers Ground in Oakley, which was another. Another debacle that they decided to play a game at um, Scammell Reserve, which was absolute dust bowl at the time. So I wasn't sure. I'm not sure who was goalkeeper, goalkeeper, um, scorekeeper, that timekeeper that day. Sorry. No, I've got no idea. But I I was actually now you meant yeah, I was actually at that game. Um, Yeah, I remember watching that game. I I remember we were two goals at the 37 minute mark or something. We somehow lost. Anyway, um, well, how, well, just before you move on, how many games, Riles, do you reckon you've won, Masnod, over your timekeeping <laughs> journey? Then you've, you've got it, as far as off-field goes, you've probably got a bit of influence. Um, do you reckon you've well, won any games for us? No, Diga, I'm a very honest timekeeper. Um, <laughs> no, I've had to sometimes, um, uh, you know... Uh, Pull the other one into the, line. Yeah. Lean on the other one a little bit? Well, sometimes they forget to stop the clock at a certain time. So by by the law, the home the home clock is the one you go by. But if there's a big discrepancy, most uh, you know, reasonable people will say, well, let's split the time. So um, I've come across the odd one that says, no, no, we're going with my clock, even though you know I might be a minute and a half uh, still left to go in the quarter because they haven't stopped it um, at the right time. So. Um, no, no, I don't think I've cr- created any wins for Masnod that we haven't deserved. There you go. <laughs> Very diplomatic answer there. Um, let's let's jump into the games from last week because um, if there's ever a time where you want to be absolutely finger on the trigger of the time clock, at the mo- it's at the moment because our ones just keep finishing all full of legs so you don't want to waste a precious second. Uh, we run the games out really well. And the weekend was absolutely no exception to that. So our seniors get the job done 10-11-71 against Ormond, 5-11-41. The particularly interesting thing, of course, on this one for anyone that was there, at halftime, Mazenod trailed 2-4-16 to 5-9-39 and then just turned the Jets on thereafter and uh, ran out five goals wins in the end. 
Rob, pretty pretty impressive second half. Yeah, the second half was really good. Um, we kept them to only two behinds um, after obviously them being pretty dominant position at halftime, which was really really pleasing. But it was a really a team effort in the second half, and guys um, stepped up. We lost Chris Campbell, who obviously dominated the week before with six goals at, um, just before the halftime break with a, a hamstring injury. He's involved in a bit of a nasty collision where um, I think the opposition player looked like he'd broken his leg. So it was a bit of a nasty one and we didn't get him back. So we're both a player down. But uh, yeah, after tough time, we midfielders made a few adjustments. We really started to win the ball out of the centre and able to um, set the ground up well with our, our back line sort of, yeah, dominating warmed after half time so um, yeah, it was really pleasing to see and a real spread of goal kickers I think we only had um, only Lockie Man kick two and the rest were um, singles so we had a, a really nice spread which obviously is hard to defend for opposition teams and you know we head into Old Geelong this week for battle for second spot which um, you know place us really nicely before we go into the buys. How are you finding um, playing down back because obviously um you know, like myself, uh, I played a lot of midfield very early on and um, managed to um, finish off my career uh, in the twos. Oh, you're still in the ones. Um, but uh, ended up in the – I was in the back line, um, which I've never even played before. But So I know you've played in, uh, you know, mainly in the midfield for most of your career, a little bit forward maybe. How, how are you finding the back line? Yeah, it's a really good um, – it's been really good, actually. So the first couple of games I played forward because we're sort of lacking a, a taller option. And then after um, we got smashed against Monash, I think and a couple of us came back into the side. Tom and I went um, – Tom Warby and I went down back and we've got a bit of more experience down there now. So myself, Simon Hall, Tom Warby all playing across the half-back line and then you've got Nick Peck, um, Dean Rice – and also, and Dean uh, Rice, uh, Michael Rice. Sorry, Michael Rice. <laughs> Dean Rice yeah. from the old Carl, Johnny with a Carlton Carl, players yeah. function, did you? Well, we call him <laughs> Dean Rice because he, he plays like the, the former Carlton champion, and he's also got a little bit of Dean Eyes on about him. So, um, he's oh. also got a little, he looks a little bit like Ed Vickers Willis, if you remember your um, list clogger North Melbourne players over the last five or six years. Um, but yeah, so Michael Rice plays. You know, he's playing a really important role. And then you've got Osbert Tallis, um, who's been through the, the other back pocket position a little bit. Also got our man Tubsy. Damien Byrne's been really, really good. And then Tom Riley's playing a, a, a nice running role out there. But, yeah, for me personally, I've enjoyed it. I, I played a, a fair bit of um, when I first came into the seniors back in, uh, you know, 10, 12 years ago, I played a, a bit of halfback flank before I went in the midfield. So it feels pretty familiar to me. Um, it's nice playing against some experienced heads and, I think it's also easier to lead down there. So um, directing guys, getting them set up and, you know, we were pretty good after halftime. So it's nice being part of a tight-knit group. You know, being playing in midfield for years, you, the group's probably a little bit more transient, whereas the the backs tend to be a little bit settled. So, yeah, I've enjoyed the the shift down, down back. Yeah, it, was, it was good on the weekend too. Um, yeah, sort of like you said, wasn't wasn't a great first half. So... Us, us boys had just come off a, a good win in the twos, sort of just keeping an eye on it, uh, having a couple of beers in the in the rooms just before um, just before we came out to watch, and then sort of got going in the third quarter, and that's when uh, Ben Riley, actually mob captain, decided to appoint himself mob captain and thought we've got to get the boys down by the goals for this last quarter. 
and yeah, he kicked five, and that was uh that's the best the mob has been for a little while, I reckon. Um, yeah, you could definitely get you up in the last quarter when the mob's vocal. And I think Jared Rafa kicked a really nice left foot snap, which I think should be claimed as a mob goal. Because I think they talked, the mob talked the umpire into that holding the ball or... Yeah, there was nothing in it. Was. Yeah, there wasn't a lot in there. claim it. There was a... Um, um, Lockie Mann's two goals really got it, got got the noise going. And then Rody's, uh just impossible sort of banana from the boundary was was the sealer. So it was a good yeah. day. Good day down and, behind the goal. And then you had Lockie Mann um, kick two goals in a minute, which yeah. um, he was he was pretty up and about with, actually. So for those who weren't there, Lockie took a nice, um, you know, mark about 50 out, went back, slotted a set shot, and then the ball went back to the centre. Matt Fueling's got the clearance with a hand to Lockie on the run and, and dobbed another one. And after the game, he, he lent to me in the rooms, actually. So, um, Lockie, man, my, my cousin, obviously. And he, he said, ask me why I'm not asking up. And I said, oh, Lockie, why, why aren't you asking? And he's like, because it flows through my veins, mate. So, he was pretty happy, <laughs> he was pretty happy with himself um, post-game that he'd sort of iced it a little bit. Yeah. And, and I saw footage of him showing footage of the two goals later that night as well. Yeah, it was actually on the Sunday. So he, um, I met up with him on the Sunday, and he, he clearly bookmarked the different parts of the Vaffa TV game where he had the footage ready to to roll. So yeah, he was pretty happy with it. He was, yeah, he's good to see he's up and about because um, he's he finally getting some um, payoff for all the hard work that he's doing. He works super hard on the field and um, gets himself right each week. So I think we're starting to see what he can offer in this back half of the year. I'll tell you that another thing I want to mention just before we move on. Um, Another thing I really liked, Chris Campbell obviously came off like he'd been shot in the leg, like one of the worst hammies you'll ever see. Um, was sort of standing behind the bench, but not really wanted on the bench. And so when the mob was going down to the goals, he sort of he sort of made his way to come down with the mob. And I just said, oh, maybe just ask and just see if you're allowed to. <laughs> got the all clear. So this is a guy oh. playing in the game and got the old clear to come down and join the mob, which I, which I really liked too. So he, you know, obviously did his hammy and couldn't contribute in the second half, but that was a way he could, I guess. And I'm I reckon that'd be good that. because he knows, the, he knows those opposition defenders pretty intimately after playing the first half on them. Yeah. So giving that sort of intel to the mobsters, um, I reckon <laughs> would, have been, would have been really handy. I know, geez, you get pretty vocal when you're in there. So having that sort of more personal ammunition. Not me. I'm a big fan of the the coaching, very progressive coaching from Peter Banfield as well, just um, understanding the value of the mob. And if, you know, it's a bit of a chess game. If the pieces are best played by putting them down in the mob, that's where you put them. It's uh, it's not necessarily about all only on-field stuff. Was the trumpet there? Was the trumpet (laughs) in the mob? I'll tell you, the trumpeter (laughs) trumpeter was there. No trumpet. The trumpeter was there, but the trumpet wasn't. I, I did ask about it, um, but the sort of it was it was really a tight game. Didn't want to get the trumpet out too early, and then next second, four goals being piled on. There's not enough time to go get it, but maybe he should um, be a bit more prepared, you know, yeah, for the following the weeks and have it there ready. Yes, I think because a, a fold up. We were, trumpet. yeah. Well, the mob was barracking for another Jared Raffer goal, so so. We could bust out the Jared Raffer song, um, but it didn't happen. So 
maybe he can he can create a tune along to that and and when Rafa turns it on again we can we can do that. <laughs> Just one thing I want to mention before we move off the the mob. It was actually um, a former former team player down in the mob this week. He was looking a little bit too dressed up for the mob. I don't know if you noticed this, Sammy, but Aaron Holmes wandered down to the mob uh, in the last quarter as well. <laughs> I'm surprised you, you noticed that. You would have been up the other end of the ground. But well, the I reason, I, probably... noticed, the reason yeah, I noticed was because he was the first one to greet us as we came off the field. So oh. um, he was standing there as we were coming off and, you know, I got a you know, big hug from him. Warp's got a big hug. Um, and then he told me after, you know, he got around Hawley and then all of a sudden Liam Sherlock's giving me a hug and he's like, you're going to look like the bloke that's come down for one round. He's the, uh, he's the groupie. He's the nuffy in the middle of the circle singing, you know, conducting the song. So he said he had to take a couple of steps back and sort of cool his jets a little bit. But it was good to I see. I will Holmes reveal back. that Holmesy has been in contract negotiations with the clubbies about making a comeback this year, which um, we haven't reached settlement yet, obviously, which is why... He, He's down there watching instead of playing, but uh, it's good to, good to see him down there in the mob. And moving on to the resis, you mentioned it earlier, Deegs, but the boys were pretty up and about after getting a one-point win against Ormond, 6-4-40 to 6-3-39, right down to the wire. Would have been pretty, pretty pleased with that one. Yeah, it was a really good win. Um, we sort of just held on. Um, they, I think we had a two or 13-point lead at, at three-quarter time and they kicked a couple, but just didn't get over the line, which sometimes they sort of had all the momentum in the second half, but we managed to hold on, which is what you have to do sometimes. And it was the Tim McDonald Cup uh, in the resis this week. So Tim McDonald, the pencil, recently well, over the over the break, changed clubs, go to play down at Ormond. So he was rucking for, for Ormond and we came over with the, with the trophy, the Tim McDonald Cup trophy. So... What's the what's the how's the how is the trophy fashioned? You know what sort of what's it look like? It's a it's a big uh, a what is it uh, pencil? I guess what like a B six type setup. Yeah, B four <laughs> pencil. Yeah, HB. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, HB. That's the one. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, but pencil was actually good. Give, give him a bit of credit. He was he was really good in the ruck for them, and but just couldn't get him over the line, which is really good to see. We didn't want him to win, and. <laughs> So and Paul, well, coach, Paul, Paul McDonald was coaching, assistant coach in the other the other team, was he? I don't know. Was he doing was he doing that during the yeah, so I did speak to him um after the game. He said that happened, but I thought he was talking about the ones, so maybe he was talking about the resis. Um yeah, he said he, they thought he would have a little bit of intel to help with the, the game. So Ooh. uh didn't really help though, because uh, we still won and and <laughs> That was the loudest song I've heard in the twos in my time like playing in the twos. It was really good. Jezza Wellsford was, his head was about to explode. Um, he was loving it. Cheesy was loving it. So, yeah. Well, che- speaking really of Cheesy, win. he's hit a rich vein of form since cutting his teeth down in the clubbies because I see he was in the best couple again, at least as far as the website was named. Yeah. Yeah. Cheesy is. Uh, I don't know what's happened. He, he was retired and then decided to come back. He, he sort of found himself in a one-man trip up to Early Beach for a couple of weeks and he's come back and thought, nah, I'm a footy player and, and he's dominating. So I might have to go and do that because I'm struggling to get a kick the last few weeks. So may, maybe I'll uh, try that out. 
you'd be you'd be a bit of a mentor to him, Riles, too, wouldn't you? He would have been, you know, coming around your house for years, taking beers out of your fridge. You would have had a good opportunity to give him a bit of tutelage over the journey. Well, yes. In fact, it started way back in uh, year seven because I was his RE teacher. But <laughs> by the look of his lifestyle, I failed him. Uh, <laughs> um, but look, he's um, yes, he's been over our house a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, the kids uh, would say that I didn't, um, you know, we never went camping or anything like that. And so part of that sort of flow on Ben, Ben likes the sleepover, you see. And, um, and he's got a, I think he's got a close connection with anyone called Tom. So Tom Patterson's had many sleepovers in his room. Tom McKenna's been there. Tom Riley. Um, so maybe a Tom out there for, for Ben. <laughs> so Cheesy slept over one um, one sort of Saturday night in your backyard without you knowing. Didn't he? Do, yeah. do you remember that? Yes, I, yes, I, I think, yeah. I, well, I don't know how we found out about that. So, um, yeah, I don't know what, what he was doing there. I think I bumped into him um, walking the streets. I um, think he could. He, he, he's, 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 well, ex-girlfriends used to live around the corner from you and he couldn't get into the house. So he decided to, to run over to yours, sleep on your back deck. And then as he was walking back to her house, I think he, he saw you on the way and, yeah. and didn't mention it. He didn't even mention it. No, he didn't. That's right. Yeah. He never, never said a word. So no, no we love that. That's yeah. Good. So he's, he's obviously having a good season. Yeah. Cheesy's really good again on the weekend. So I think that's a few weeks in a row. Like, like Steve said, Joel Wilson came back after a sort of knee complaint, and but he was sort of wasn't moving too well on the one knee, but still <laughs> kicked two and was was best Masnod's best player. So pretty good effort on the on the one leg. Will Hayes, he looks like he's just getting better and better. Yeah, he's very good, just so consistent. And same with Aiden Bandolva. Aiden is, I don't know um, how much more you'd have to do to get a, an opportunity in the ones, but. He surely can't be that far off. He he just dominates a midfield every week. And, yeah, again, in the best. So, I reckon it, he'd be in the best every game so far. And, you know, big favourite to win the Resi's best and fairest at this rate. Knocking the door down. I saw him pop, a, pop one through from about 50 with the wet ball, which is a pretty impressive shot for goal. I think in the second quarter it was there. Um, also, yeah. obviously, in a one-point win, they all count. Good to see um, the uh, Jimmy Egan just wheeled out of the nursing home back onto the field and just popped through too, just to get the boys over the line. Yeah, Jimmins was good as well. So I think that's three games that he's um, played zero training sessions for maybe 10 goals, which is, it's working. So he's sort of a, um, I wouldn't say he's, he's kind of a fill-in because he can't, he can't train. So sort of when we need him, but... It'd be good to keep him in the team. Uh, the rate that he's going, uh, really well, good. I was going to wait till the whispers, but I might go now with this. I understand James Egan might be making his debut at training this week, so Thursday oh, night session. Um, he could be coming, and I, may, I I understand that he may have negotiated some, a deal on his subs with Matt Backhouse, um, the the second half of the year deal. So. Watch this space. Might be coming more regular um, member of the team as we head towards finals. Biggs, I was just wondering, what are the um, what are the pre-match um, out on the ground speeches like? 
and uh, you know <laughs> after come out at a half time and the, and the groups gathered together. I've just thought, you know, I know who the captain is, but what what are they? What what's said? Is there anything that gets you really fired up, you guys? Or, or, or... Um, it's a good question. So Ben Ben is more of a um, I wouldn't say he's a yelling a yelling uh, sort of speech at halftime, but he does raise his voice a lot and he's and he's a really wants to get the boys pumped up. But on the weekend, I think Jez Wellsford just took over, just took over at halftime and really was was getting the boys pumped up uh, with a big spec. I couldn't, I can't remember what it was. So, but also, <laughs> I was and, and listening, but. You've experienced a high quality um, halftime rev up pregame speech too in your experience at the footy club digs. I'm assuming you know playing obviously a lot of senior footy, so you know the the standard that um, to get you going. Yeah, well, I can't none come to mind from from my senior <laughs> memories, um, unfortunately. So I can't can't remember who the captain was. Um, <laughs> who who does yeah. the speeches, Rob? Is that you or Tom? No, you Tom. Tom Warby's not a he's not a massive fan um, of the he likes flipping the coin a lot, but he doesn't like doing the speech. <laughs> so usually each like most weeks I say, Tom, what do you want to do? He's like, oh, I'd rather do the coin. So I was like, all right, no worries, I'll get in there. Um, I'll do the I'll do the rev up. But yeah, you know, I got a got some good feedback from um, Matty Fewings the other day. He, he was happy with one about time. So he was like, yeah, that was, that was really good. That got me up. I was like. No worries, Matty. Thanks for that. <laughs> Good to get some positive reinforcement. The annoying thing, though, is, and I've, and I've mentioned this before, you obviously got to start with which way we're going. You say that at the beginning, and I, I, I do that almost most times, but I've, I've forgot occasionally. But when the players ask you again after your speech, so you've given the rev up, you've already given the direction, but then you finish your speech and then they say, which way are we going? I just told you, boys, but you got lost and immersed in the, the rev up that you forgot which direction. So... Um, You've got to keep that in mind. Um, or, or they've just literally blanked out the second you came up preparing <laughs> to not listen to your pregame. Um, just before we move off the twos, Riles, how have you seen Benny's form? Obviously, a little injury interrupted the start of the year, which is nothing new for him. But uh, how are you, as a, 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 I guess, an excellent practitioner of the game yourself, How's what are you making of Ben on field at the moment? Oh, thanks for that, Steve. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm the greatest uh, um, judge as far as watching. Um, but look, yeah, he broke his little pinky there in round one against Old Geelong. I was there for that, and um, wondering why he kept on coming off the ground. And then uh, anyway, and then um, so he didn't play for a number of weeks, and then I had my operation, and so um, I think the first game I saw was the Hampton Rovers game, and I. When or when we weren't supposed to be there, I stuck my hand up to be the uh, reserves timekeeper, you know, as, as you do when you're uh, an experienced timekeeper like myself. Um, <laughs> so I went along there to watch, and um, yeah, um, and that day I had to give votes. And uh, I said to um, Jen, I said, Oh, gee, you know, it's not easy giving votes, timekeeping. And um, anyway, I'll see how we go. And uh, I said, As long as you and we'll, we'll work together a little bit. So at half time, you know, we're comparing notes and I've had all these players down who were you know, doing pretty well. And, um, and then she mentioned Ben. I said, you're joking. I said, are you watching the same game? Um, so I said, this is at halftime of the Hampton Rovers game. I said, no, no. I said, I think um, you've got to be confused with someone. Uh, and I think he, he had a couple of kicks in the second half. You know, I said to Deegs, you know, he had a better second half. He missed a couple of easy goals that week. Um, 
But then on Saturday, of course, I saw my second game and um, I must admit, I, I did uh, happen to catch up with a lot of people and I, I, I didn't get to watch a lot of the game. Um, but I did see him give away a couple of free kicks late, which nearly cost us. So, um, <laughs> look, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be too critical, but um, I think um, it's going to be a long, hard road back into the seniors. Um, you know, that back line is very strong at the moment. So, look, did, did, I wish well, him all- we, we did know ben- he's going to he'll make it given he's got this strong support at home. And you've, you've always been a supportive parent of your kids. Obviously, you, I think you're an assistant coach when Sammy was playing, and you also used to go each week to watch Test play. So you've had plenty of experience guiding your children through the club. Yes, absolutely. I'm just trying to see if I can get Robbie to play a game, and then we'll have the whole family as, um, as an old collegian. So if the girls are short this week, um, I've got the old 47 ready to go. Um <laughs> So Robbie's keen to have a game and that will make the whole family, we might be the first ever whole family to represent the club. Yes. So, no, it was look great. I'd, I'd love Sam to be still playing, but, um, yeah, I'm not uh, he's sort of busy with work and um, uh, he's got a lovely lady now. So, uh, yeah. But, um, and Tess, of course, um, she had a bad injury. that broke, uh, broke her finger badly and had operations. So um, she played for two years and she loved it. Having come from calisthenics, um, I don't know if you guys know calisthenics, but that's an interesting uh, sport or activity. Is that, a, is that a traditional pathway into footy? To um, more level of contact. Well, yes. Yeah, well, I mean, James Hurd did ballet and um, he ended up being a pretty handy player. But, yeah, no, it's not normal pathway, I don't think, from calisthenics to footy. The, the calisthenics teacher was a pretty sort of, um, pretty surprised. But she actually loved the whole <laughs> club aspect, which she didn't read the team and club aspect, which didn't get in calisthenics. So she loved all that. It's just, um, I think the injuries and things uh, didn't really, um, yeah. You hear that a bit from um, some of the women's players. I think that the the real team camaraderie is something that's missing from a lot of other sports. I think even those that have played a lot of netball, and I know I get very frustrated. Um, my wife's played netball for many, many years, and she'll come home and I'll ask if they won and she doesn't know. Um, so I think that there's just not the same level of competitiveness in a lot of other sports, uh, particularly the sports that have a lot smaller teams. They're not going to have that same sense of team and community. So, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a fantastic thing that we have. Uh, we might move on to the threes and we can, uh, we can skim across this one pretty quick because it was a pretty ugly day down at Central for us. Um, we came up against top of the ladder queue and, and as Rob, you pointed out last week, Having come off a break, we had a lot of fresh players, but unfortunately we're not the best conditioned team. And so we had a few injuries coming out of last week. Um, we ultimately got done 3-12-30, didn't kick too straight to 14-27-1-11. So pretty big loss there. A um, couple of little positives, though. Great to see club legend Dave Regan make his return to football. He's obviously recently retired from the seniors and as a works for Melbourne football club. So got a bit caught up in COVID bubbles and things earlier in the year, which delayed his debut, but fantastic to have him back out on the park. How'd he um, go? Yeah, he was very good. Very good. Hasn't, uh, hasn't probably kept the fitness at quite the same level, but um, just. What's his, what's his role at Melbourne exactly? Uh, he basically just conditioning, strength and conditioning. Okay. So you can, you can effectively just, um, put down the extremely successful season they're having to him. 
<laughs> well, funny you should say that, Steve, because I had to uh, I had to register him, and um, he was having some difficulties because he had his old Mazenod um, school email still in the system. So we fixed all that up, and in our chat about things, he was calling himself. Um, so I don't know whether it's a new nickname or whether they've given it to him at Melbourne, but he's now calling himself The Difference. <laughs> so I had to ask him, well, what, what do you mean? He said, well, I'm now The Difference. I said, yeah, well, what does that mean? He said, well, what was Melbourne like last year and what, what's Melbourne like this year? So <laughs> It's interesting, um, Riles, that you are helping him with registration because if you remember, um, we were both colleagues of him at Mazenod and he had some real difficulties registering as a teacher after he turned from America. Um, I don't know if we could, we should really get into this here, but yeah, there was a period of time where there was um, Regs needed to go through a few loopholes and um, yeah, jump a few hurdles to get back in the classroom fighting fit. So yeah, yes, you were there on hand. He was the most expensive teacher aide there for a long time. Um, so he was like a, an assistant. He had to have someone in there with him. Um, the, well, um, he was, there was a couple of the younger players in our team who I reckon would have liked just a third party there at all times just to keep an eye on things because they mentioned that they had Riggs teach them at Mazenod not too many years ago and they found him terrifying. So they were very scared of him still from his teaching days. And they sort of, you know, shivers went down the spine when they saw him walk into the rooms pre-game and thought, oh, God, what's this guy doing here? So he's uh, obviously, he's really built a bit of an image for himself on the in the classroom. And have you ever had that experience where I was obviously, you know, you're a bit of a experienced teacher that, you know, likes to go back to the fire and brimstone occasionally and at the club you're obviously a lot more calmer and relaxed. And have you ever had that experience with some former students where you've had to help them realise that, you know, you're not going to ask them to get a haircut? Oh, look, I, um, I'm sure I have, Rob. I mean, at the times have changed nowadays. You've, uh, you, you, you're, um, you, you know, the kids are, um, uh, you, you can't even say, uh, you can't uh, say anything to them these days. But, um, you know, I used to, uh, I used to get that occasionally and they, you know, they'd make up this story that I did that and I said, I can't remember saying that. And, <laughs> and I say to them, well, look, you know, if I ever went crook at you, um, I only went crook at the rude, disrespectful, poorly behaved students. So which one of those would you? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I reckon there's, there's a heat. I've heard a lot. The people don't realise how funny Pistol is until they meet him outside of school. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a good thing, I guess. I guess. And, uh, you know, the guys at school, that, and, um, in the staff room, you get to see it. He's always in fine form. Um, he's always good company in the staff room, the faculty lounge. Peter, actually, I got a bone to pick. This is just reminding me. You, um, you kicked me off the table tennis team in year eight. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, but I, I was trying to make the team, and you cut me from the team. So, just well, that. there's no no response needed. I just want. Well, Ross has a very detailed. Ross has a very sophisticated um, selection process. He's taught me this, and I've gone on to deploy it myself. You need to get a double tick. If you get a single tick, probably not. You need a double tick next to your name. Looking well, at the filing system behind Riles there, I reckon there's probably some notes he can dig out to just let you know what you were doing wrong. <laughs> exactly, Steve. I've got it all still recorded. But, look, that just shows that I don't play favourites, Sammy, because, um, you know, um, uh, I would have, if I, you know, being a good friend of Ben, I don't know if you were friends of Ben at that stage. Look, Tommy <laughs> Patterson made it in year seven, so I'm not sure what happened to you in year eight. But I have a Can great record. 
Is it? Well, I have a great record of table tennis uh, uh, premierships. Um, so if you weren't, uh, if you didn't make it, obviously you weren't good enough. But um, <laughs> look, I'm happy to. Uh, I'm happy to admit that I've made a mistake, and I, I apologise. <laughs> no, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll sort it out next time I'm over. We'll have a game. Absolutely, yes, yes. I'm still beating it. Well, I was just, well, just on that topic. Who's the best footballer that you've seen go through the college? Oh, gee, that's a uh, that's a tough one. Um, Carl Steinfurt was there when I uh, as a student when I was teaching. Um, Heath Black. Uh, yep, yeah, Heath Black was Free there. Kilda. Um, I think I might have coached them in year seven or year eight. Um, That's where it all started, obviously. Were you, were you, yes. at Silvio Fashini? Was he your, was he uh, around no. the traps? No, 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 no. I wasn't at school. No, I'm not that old, but uh, no, he was. Uh, yeah, well, no, he, I certainly wasn't there as a teacher and I wasn't, I'd gone as a student by then. No, right. so, um, no, not Silvio. Um, who else would it be? Um, Matthew Boyd. Yeah. See, I don't. Yeah, um, I don't remember Maddie that much at, at school. Um, yeah, probably yeah, Carl or um, or Heath Black, probably. Um, Very good. I mean Nick uh, Marmo. I mean Nick Marmo didn't play. Nick Marmo was a. Great school. Um, Anthony Tucker, another one comes to mind. You know, didn't go on to play AFL, but both um, great schoolboy um, footballers. You know. And what about club? Who best players we've had through the club? Oh, gee. Uh, again. Aldo Schiano, is he some of the pops to mind? Oh, yeah, yeah, good. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously different eras, and um, it's very hard to compare, isn't it? You know, Um I think you know we, we, we have a, a, a best. We had a best ever team of the first twenty or twenty-one years or something uh, like that. You know, some champion players in in that. Um, but Aldo Schiana, yeah, I mean, great friend of mine, and um, many others have played with him, and sadly lost his life um, through MND a few years ago now. And the goal kicking trophy is named after him, and. Um, I'd, there's no doubt that if he was, he could still play. He, he'd still get a game in the in the standard of footy today. He was a quick off the mark, um, fantastic overhead, beautiful kick of the footy, tough as anything. Um, he played in an era where he would just get absolutely beaten, you know, bashed every single week um, by these some of the thug sort of fullbacks that they had back in those days. But he would be able to take it and then and give it back as well and. Um, yeah, he'd still be able to. He's the only guy I think at this stage that's kicked a hundred goals. I don't know if we've ever had another hundred goal kicker. In 80, the eighty-one grand final, he kicked he, he kicked his sixth um, in a wet, boggy, uh, terrible day, and um, that was his hundredth. And we won by two points or something that that's day. Amazing. So, oh look, oh, so many. You know, Timmy Chilcott was a star. Peter Allsop. Uh, Peter Hall, um, you know, just so much courage, Peter. You know, we all we all walked a lot taller um, when he when he played um, alongside, and he played as a ruckman. And you know, he's not that tall, but he very rarely lost the ruck because he was just knew how to use his body, and he was tough as anything. So, um, you know, Andrew Pickering, Chris Belville, and then you look at you know, 
some of the current day players, you know, so many um, great players, very hard to sort of uh, narrow it down, really. Um, yeah, I could probably yeah. Who's you? Neil Robinson, another guy, Neil Robinson, four-time best and fairest. Um, ne- that'll never happen again, four times in a row. And people say to me, how many, how many did you win? I said, well, uh, I didn't win any, but I played with a, in an era where there were so many champion players and I, I just happened to miss, you know, I would finish top five or six a lot, you know. But uh, I never quite won it. But, uh, like, you know, that'll never happen again four times in a row. And I think he, he, went, he, he lost the fifth one by one or two votes. But Neil Robinson, for instance, like, he didn't have a right foot. And um, he used to run these big arcs, get on his left, but they could, no one could catch him. And he, back in the, he was in, we played in the era where half time and three quarter time, these guys would be having a ciggy. So <laughs> Robbo, he'd have a ciggy and then um, he'd just dominate, just get the ball and um, run rings around everyone. And then after the game, he would drink um, six cans and then um, probably drive home, which we, I don't endorse, of course. But... <laughs> Back then, it was, um, it was uh, sort of normal sort of stuff. Pretty good segue back to the thirds. Um, the, <laughs> the, um, the, other, the other quick point I would just make around the clubbies is um, we've got three games left. Obviously, our season's been reduced by COVID and we had a shorter season to start with. Basically, the equation is pretty simple. We play the teams around us. So 3-0 and gets us in. And if we drop one, we probably miss out. So... Um, should be a pretty interesting and exciting finish to the season. I think we've we've showed some really strong form in some games in recent weeks. This week was probably a bit of an anomaly. So hopefully we can turn up the last three and uh, and make a bit of a fist of it finals because as we talked about last week, we're probably the one side that's letting the club down at the moment in that regard. Just before you finish up on the three, Steve, can you just talk us how the dust settled on the ultimate resi debut? From the oh yes, well, so Sammy Carag, who I, I have I stopped checking, but last update it was you know fifty thousand views or something like that. His video on the the ultimate resi, which made his face known not just on that page, but across a number of large groups across TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. Um, he's handling it pretty well. The the newfound fame. He's turned up on the weekend and just kind of did his thing pretty low key, apart from sort of a trench coat and shades. Nothing out of the ordinary when he arrived on the ground. Um, and then I think he's interesting on Facebook. I think his partner might be dining out a little bit on it. She's hired an agent from what I hear. She took the video herself. But but now Sammy's a very down-to-earth man, so he's he's been handling it pretty well. And the boys, are um, apart from Benny Parker, who popped a clip in a few of the comments because he's sort of skimming along the outside in the video waiting for a cheap handball and doesn't yes. get it. So a few people fired up at him in the comments. But other than that, everyone's been pretty proud of Sammy and putting Mazanot on the map. And I interestingly noted that the ultimate resi had a second dip at Mazanot on the weekend. I'm not sure if you guys have seen this, but from the senior game, Brad Kovac shanking one out on the full has made yeah. another appearance from the Notters. There was a there was an investigation going on last night at training when it clearly was from the mob, that footage was yeah. taken. So yeah. there's there's Crossing a random sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, Deegs, it's something you need to look into because someone's taken a video and, and taken a pot at old Coves and nominated oh. him to the ultimate resi and clearly not playing resis. He's playing some really good senior footy at the moment. So I don't know if you've I got saw, any... I saw the video, actually. I've, I've got a hunt. I've got a hunt. Uh, 
This might be a job I'll, for I'll the web captain to track this and one down. Do you think you could do a little research and maybe get back to us on who you think it is? I don't think I need to do any research. I've got a, I've got a pretty good feeling I know who it might have been. Maybe um, save this one for the whispers yeah, section because we've I'm missed on a few in recent weeks. It might be good to get one right <laughs> for a change. Uh, let, let's keep going anyway. So the 19s who both sides have been in great form, obviously the 19s Blues, as we mentioned last week, had a bye. So just went in and tuned up a little on the week off and obviously they're undefeated at this point in the year. Uh, the Blacks unfortunately went down to Brunswick uh, NOBSPC. Uh, uh, they were called Knobs, but I don't know where the PCs come from. So they've changed team names again. But they can't be doing too well, except they're doing good enough to beat us. They knocked us off by five goals 11 8 74 against 6 8 44. So a little bit of a disappointing result for the Blacks after a, a pretty good run in recent weeks. Um, obviously, I think we're sitting sixth at the moment. Brunswick was sitting third or fourth. So obviously, they're one of the better sides. Right? But not the best results. Um, Rob, Riles, Deegs, did you guys hear much out of this one? No, I heard nothing. I heard nothing. So <laughs> I, I, I heard I had one big fat thing, and that was that it was the Adrian de Cicero was well, it wasn't the difference because they lost, but if he hadn't have played, they would have lost by hundred. Is what what I've heard from um, an anonymous source in the de Cicero family. So he kicked three. And uh, D. Sierra, I should say, I'm not pronouncing it correctly, but he kicked three and uh, was best to feel for the nods. Oh, um, DT. Oh, yeah. He's a great player. He, he yeah. I, uh, I, maybe they spelt it wrong in the email. That might be why they're trying to stay anonymous. I swear it said De Cicero. Anyway, D. Sierra. Well, I, wonder, um, I wonder if school holidays obviously began on Friday. So I wonder if a few of the boys, you know, this generation, as you, as you guys be well aware, they love their video games, maybe staying up late, um, getting a little bit distracted by some of those things. I think, what are, what are the kids playing these days, Riles? Call of Duty put out an update on on Thursday or something, didn't they? Maybe the boys were just getting excited by some new maps or something. I don't know what they're playing, but I know that uh, my two grown-up boys have got back into that kind of silly nonsense. Like I see them wearing <laughs> these... They put on the special uh, headphones and little speakers. They're talking to each, talking to someone. Um, they got, they've got playing, the VR goggles on. Playing, they're, they're playing these shooting up games, and I'm thinking, <laughs> how old are you two guys? Yeah. Yeah. Riles, you would have been very pleased then when we've had a few of the younger boys on the podcast in previous weeks. They rock up with these full air traffic controller headsets and <laughs> microphones, and we sort of go, "Oh, fantastic! You've got a proper podcast set up." And they go, "What's a podcast?" <laughs> just clearly rocking the newest gear when it comes to gaming. I, I like how Pistol's obviously going the old school, no headphone microphone at all. Cause I've got a message from, from Ben before saying, can you guys wrap it up? I can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you can obviously hear the whole combo. So <laughs> yeah, that's good. I thought that was the case. So let's keep it going. It is, uh, he's had a big night apparently at uh, maybe end of financial year um, breakup or something. So yeah, Ooh. he got he sent the message early. He didn't require dinner, so I said, Oh, that's great, that saved us 10 bucks. And, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, out of your 50 bucks a week that you pay. But, um, yeah, I saw young Poleski there at the game. Um, oh. but I don't, I, I think he uh, 
at, at the at the at central. So, but I think he was uh, injured. Nicholas or Alexander? Nicholas, he played. I think Alex missed out. Yeah, Sorry. I was chatting to Alex because I asked him about his hammy, and I said, uh, "I think you were treated a bit harshly on the uh, on the Nodcast." I said, "You know, hammy's a very serious injury. I think they were making light of it." And he said, <laughs> "Yes, yes." So I, I, you know, he said, "Yeah, they, they didn't." Uh, yeah, I, I agree. He said, "He's missed the game from a, for a hammy, so we're not really <laughs> going too light, are we?" He keeps pulling out every second. Every second, is week. It, it's his fourth hammy for the year, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> and and you know what it's like. Roles to suffer an injury after carrying your team for for many games. You know, you've obviously yes. succumbing to those ailments later in life, but yeah. it gets the best of us. That's true. And, um, you know, if I could give any bit of advice, I mean, I only had these minor knee injuries all the way through my career, but um, on reflection, if I could give any advice to any young player out there is to uh, handball a lot more than I did because I had far too many kicks on my left and my right because I could <laughs> kick both feet. And that's why I've ended up with two knee replacements. So far too many kicks. So if I could give any advice, handball a lot more and um, you won't have the trouble that I'm um, you know, currently experiencing. <laughs> Sage advice. Uh, let's move on to the women. So we mentioned it last week in the preview that the women's team's in a, a fantastic initiative with the Brunswick Renegades, uh, put on a Pride Week game, uh, the Pride Cup, I believe they were calling it, where the two sides playing each other and the 19s Blacks played the preceding game as well, which was which was exciting. Some very, very interesting scenes I saw with the halftime address attended by both teams and had a sort of cabaret dancer singing I Will Survive. A drag queen. The circle, a drag, queen, a drag queen in the middle. I that, that was half time in the resis, I think. And it yep. got the job done though, because we we got the job done. I'm just jumping, we're sort of doing this slightly out of order here, but in the resis, we did get the job done 310-28 to 2214. So obviously it worked for us. I wonder if that sort of whether Deegs and Georgia are thinking about making that a permanent fixture in the girls' football going forward for the rest of the season. Well, we know that she, Georgia likes to in, be creative and inventive with her mind games and her motivation. So I wouldn't be surprised if she's got that up the sleeve. Whether or not Paul Deegan would be on board all year, he's a little bit more of a serious customer when it comes to his pregame speeches. So I wonder if that, how comfortably that sat with him as a, a man of routine and um, likes to stick pretty close to the, the usual playbook. So it'd be interesting to see if they'd go with that further in here. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, when I heard it was at halftime, that was the bit that got me. I thought, geez, halftime of a game is a bit strange, but maybe that was the only time um, the drag queen could could do it. But I'll I'll just give a shout out to Peter Basson, uh, who organised the drag queen. So she, uh, out of her own money, put that and and got that going, which is, um, I guess, surprise everyone back at the at the. At Central, couldn't believe what we were hearing, but seeing some of the footage, it, it looked pretty fun. I, I'd, I could get around it for sure. Um, it, the, maybe not at halftime, but pre-game. Well, but even just the halftime, I don't know about you guys, but halftime for sitting there getting very stiff and sore. Whereas there was, you know, they were dancing, they were moving, they were clapping. I reckon they would have come out just really loose and limber and ready to get the second half. So I, I don't think it's all bad. I reckon there's a, some really smart tactics going on here and, and obviously as I said job got done didn't have a drag queen at halftime in the 
senior women's and they lost. So yeah. might be the missing piece. Maybe maybe Jake, if his goal kicking coach is not going, maybe Jake could do something <laughs> like that at half time every now and then. Maybe get the flags out or something. Bit of bit of dancing with the flags or I don't know. I feel I'm I'm hearing Jake might be just doing doing plenty, and maybe just needs to take a little bit of a back seat. Maybe, <laughs> maybe doing too much is is what I'm hearing. But we'll we'll go to the we'll go to the uh, the game reviews. We'll start with the twos. Might as well. So spoke to Georgia M Haller played her best game game of the century. It's been it's been described as so. Ooh. She's obviously played a big hand in in winning the game. Had Anthony Anthea. Kicked a really good goal um, in a return game. She had some surgery. I'm not sure where uh, or like what on, but she had some surgery earlier in the year and she's come back, kicked a really good goal. Anthony Cleides, this is. Yeah, yep. And then the the win has been has been credited to the drag queen. So that's where the the win has been credited to. And um yeah, if if you're on Facebook, go and go and check out some of the footage. I think it's on the Maznod page, but looks pretty funny. All both teams are all all uh, in a circle, and she's dancing around in the middle, singing. Yeah, it does a really good song. So bit of a riff uh, for Franklin. Up and about. Yeah. So yeah, really both the opposition were in there as well, both teams. Yeah, yeah, both yeah. teams. It was a oh. it was the Pride game, so they all had socks on. Uh, I think they all bought the socks or. Rainbow socks, yep. Yeah. Organized by the players as well, which yeah. was a, a a great gesture because obviously these things sometimes they they're league or club organized. This was player driven initiative, which was made it even more special. The other thing they were doing all week was um, so a few of the the members of the L. Oh, sorry, I'm going to get this wrong. LGBTQIA. Yes, that's the one. So people, so that some of the um, members of the girls team who are, who are part of that community posting their sort of stories growing up and and realizing that they actually are part of that community so um that was really good as well i think they've got they're trying to get a sisterhood going is what they're what they're calling it and you know it's gone pretty well at the moment good to see in the newsletter last week cass stevens who obviously not cast favorite and um you know does her steve-o specials is it d is that is that yeah, right steve-o special yeah, so she she sort of took a turn from that to do her own sort of personal reflection this week in the newsletter about her journey and um, her connection to the footy club and how she's really found community at Mazenod. So if you haven't seen that, I'd highly recommend dig out the newsletter from last week because it was, it was really a touching piece that she put together. Cass, of course, was very instrumental in organising the day and great to see Cass Stevenson best on as well in the two. So didn't yeah. just bring her talents to the administrative side of things. She also turned up on the football field. That's it's it uh it takes a bit of skill to be able to organize that kind of stuff and play well. I, I know I did it many times <laughs> over the last couple of years. Um it does. It it's it can sometimes get in your head, but you know, it takes a special breed to get to get through that and play well. So well done to her. Yeah, I remember you rocking up before uh, M Factor one year with the the fake tan on Deegs and going out there and copying abuse all game, but still putting a pretty good <laughs> performance together. So yeah, you are you are a professional. I should um, I should put on the fake tan one one day. See what happens um, <laughs> out in the field. It'd be pretty funny. The 
Senior women, unfortunately, lost and some inaccurate kicking was probably the culprit there, which um, we won't go into who's in charge of kicking for the women's <laughs> teams. But 2-3-15, uh, Brunswick Renegades knocking off Mazenod, 1-7-13, uh, which was a bit of an unfortunate one. Adele Curley kicked the single goal for the Notters and Claudia Maguire um, amongst the best, as was Elena Michael. Deegs, what would you hear on this one? Yep, so... I spoke to Jake Charman and look, I'm in the message he sent me, there's a lot of excuses. So uh, whether they're, they're legitimate excuses or it seems like he's sort of, uh, you know, passing the blame off to someone else. I think he's directly involved in this, in this loss. Not sure how yet, but I feel that he, I feel that he is, but over over application of Grippo, do you think on the boots? (laughs) Maybe, <laughs> I'd, I'd, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if they they went uh, back. For, well, I know Nicola got moved back to the back line this week, and um, her and Jess Borobon were very, very good down back in in trying to stop the the flow uh, and the and the I guess the pressure that they were, the other team were putting on, and they went a long way to almost winning the game, but but just didn't get there. So a couple of other good players, Adele and, and Claudia in the middle, really good. Adele, Jake wants to give a wrap up to Adele. Her defensive uh, efforts on the weekend, really good. Laid some some big tackles and, and bumps. And Jess Borobon, who I, who I mentioned before, did one of the biggest bumps the girls ever seen. She put a girl in hospital. Um, so the bump's alive, not dead. She's ran, she's ran through someone, which is which is really good. So... Yeah, they've made it hard for themselves now. I think they have to win the next two or, or two out of the next three to make finals. Oh, no. Uh, so this is from Jake. So like I said, I like mentioning that a lot because... Is it a final two? Because they're currently <laughs> sitting third and they're 120% plus a game ahead of fifth. Like so, I said, this is why I mentioned this is why I mentioned who it's come from because I don't feel like he... That's what I thought. I thought they had a couple of games in hand, so I don't know where he's getting his uh, info from. But clairvoyant, yeah. probably knowing Jake. Ah, oh, he's yeah. I don't know. He's maybe he's sorting the ladder alphabetically or something. Just looking at that. <laughs> this is a man who got suspended from uni, so you just never know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, not a great. Yeah. How's the senior? How's the coach? Uh, how's he travelling? Is he is he happy with the way the girls are playing? And um, he's got a couple of really good assistants as well now with Stell Michael and um, Jake Charman. Yes, oh, of course, Jake. <laughs> yes, but uh, there's another one, um, Dave Skinner. Uh, and how how how's he travelling, uh, Paul? I don't I don't speak to him a lot anymore about it. That's what, that's one of the good things I've gotten away from from all the Mazenod talk at home. Because um, that's all we used to talk about, and it, like yeah, it gets a bit, gets a bit tedious after a while. But so I don't, I don't speak to him a lot. But you can tell when the girls are up and about, because then, because then he's up and about. We'll see, we'll see in a couple of weeks. Obviously, a game clear in in the four, which we just found out. So he's obviously not passing that info on to his assistant coaches. <laughs> <laughs> it's in it, it Jake's defence, it's pretty difficult to look up the website. Yeah, it's not like so, this stuff's freely available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Oh, that's funny. I knew, I knew I should have checked before going with that that info that he sent me. But well, that, that's our games, and so it was not quite the follow up we were after after seven wins the previous week, but still a couple of solid wins, which which is good. And um, it sounds like with every side in contention for finals, some pretty big games coming up over the next few weeks. Obviously, with one game this week and then the double bye that we head into, so be a great week to finish with a bit of form. Um, before we move into our, our last couple of segments of the Nodcast, just a couple of quick ones. We've obviously got a few social events coming up. We mentioned the Ladies' Day function this weekend. So we details of that are obviously on the, the Mazdon Facebook page uh, and we encourage anyone to get down and certainly pass that along to the wonderful ladies in your life. It's our opportunity as a football club to say thank you to all the work that those ladies do off the field as well as obviously those involved in our two uh, women's teams uh, the second one we've got coming up is the reverse raffle which we hope everyone's already got their tickets but for those that don't franny poleski is still got some tickets available so reach out and contact him that one of course is going to be a pretty exciting one i think digs on the after the game on the 16th of july so it's going to be a bit of a 19s game straight into the reverse raffle at Central reserve which should be pretty exciting if i'm correct I think so, yeah. Is it 16th or 17th? It's like whatever that Saturday is. Might be the 17th. Could be, could be looking at my old 2019 calendar. Um, but yeah, it should be whichever one it is, that middle week of July, it's reverse raffle, which is always a, a pretty big one on the calendar. Uh, the next one, just worthy of mention, which an email went out to most of those in the club community over the last few days, is the Open Corp exclusive Mazenod Night. So Open Corp, obviously a major sponsor of the club property investment specialists and they're putting on an exclusive night for Mazenod players, supporters and community to in a obligation free environment, um, just lift the curtain back a little on property investment, um, which I know there's a number of people at the club who have got involved in that already and seen some of the benefits and uh, yeah, definitely a, a great night. I've attended one previously that they've put on and it's a yeah, very, even if it's not something you're thinking of doing in the short term, it's a very education filled yeah, absolutely. A lot of a lot of people have been to those over the years, and personally, haven't been to a couple. It's definitely interesting food for thought. So, um, and I know Riles, you've you've instructed your children over the journey to to hear from those sessions. Uh, well, I don't know if I I did, but because uh, I don't normally listen to any advice I, I give, but uh, certainly <laughs> Sam, my one my son Sam, is um is a very happy customer of Open Court and um, would be um. Yeah, very thrilled with uh, the um, investment he's uh, currently got uh, through them. So yeah, so endorse them, and uh, yeah, great to have them as a as a major sponsor. So, oh, and they've been and they've been loyal um, supporters of the club for a number of years now. So it's obviously really good to to keep those ties and try and get as many people down there as possible to to get free education or um, to to win win for everyone. I think. Well, I'm, hoping he, I'm hoping he buys another place so he can actually move out. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've still got three here at the moment. So, uh, you know, congratulations to you, Steve, on your recent um, you know, recent addition. And um, yeah, um, I'll probably still be there in about thirty years. Is that what you say? Well, that's right. Well, no, that's all right. Evie's coming up on three weeks now, so I'm going to get her down to the Open Corp function in a couple of weeks and just get her thinking about investing in her own property. Good um, thinking, good thinking. Because, uh, yeah, otherwise they get to the stage where yeah, 
28, 25, still here, thinking 33. He's worked out he's going to be here till 33. Said. How, how big Sammy's property empire going to get before he moves out? Has he put a number of properties to you? No, he hasn't put a figure on it, but uh, look, I'm, I'm thinking could be, yeah, could be three or four. Maybe he I'll might buy it off you if you're not careful. You might be, you might be paying him rent pretty soon. Well, I'm planning to, yeah, spend as much as I can before I go. So there's a <laughs> couple more bionic, bionic legs or something. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, I could, uh, yeah, look into something. Yeah. Always, you always need something. You always need a, you know, good spruce up. So there's plenty of other Mazinod sponsors if you're looking to blow some cash. I know Waverly Toyota have a few nice expensive vehicles that you could um, dabble in. The yeah. other event coming up, and we've, we might not talk too oh, much yeah. about this one now because I'm sure this is going to be the subject of a whisper or two, but of course is the M Factor evening, which is, uh, and, and we might ask you about this when we come back to the whispers roles, but the evolution of the player review nights, of the non-talent nights, of the Mr. Mazinod, um, there's just feels like it's building. The fact that the event was delayed due to COVID, I think is done nothing to taper the momentum of what is going to be a very, very big night. So that's the other one coming up in the calendar, which which will be a little later in the season. We'll have more detail about in the coming weeks. So let's move on to our topic for this evening. Rob, over to you. Yeah, well, this week we're looking into talking about some nicknames that we've got at the club. So obviously over the journey, I'm sure Riles could comment on um, some of the the 21, uh, 2021 appropriate nicknames that existed from yesteryear. And um, obviously, I think we've all, you know, been dubbed different things over the journey. So I just wanted to dig a little bit deeper into some of the, the classic nicknames that we've had at the club. Obviously, we've referred to Tom Patterson, um, Cheesy, as he goes by. I'm not sure if you could um, maybe fill us in on that one. First of all, Sammy, where that one comes from. Yeah, I wish I knew. Nah, it's, it's something to do with... Uh, Picking up a bit of cheese off the ground at school one day, or, or out of a bin, out of a bin, and just being dared to to lick it or eat it, and like we'll, we'll say for the story, he did it. He ate a piece of cheese out of a bin, uh, and that's why he's cheesy. But whether there's any, I can't remember the the actual story, but that's it's something along those lines. And that's, that's the, the best and, type of nickname when it's based on the smallest one-off thing that has nothing to do with the person. Yeah, that, that one's and, stuck too, so it's a very, and, very and when it sticks so well that people actually forget his real name, you know, um, my dad was doing votes on the weekend and I might be alluding to someone that may be getting some votes, but he said, Cheesy Patterson, what's his first name? And I was like, <laughs> oh. He's like, oh, that's right, that's right, I'll write that down. Um, so, yeah, Cheesy's obviously one. Butchie? So Steve Pellucci, do we know where – is it from the – do we know exactly where it comes from, Steve? Is it to do with his last name or? I don't know. Yeah, not sure. Riles, do you have any insight in that one? It just he always he's a bit of a like a butch type character, and I don't know if that was just where. We're in. Uh, and I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. He's just sort of you know, he's strong and he's mean and he's. Uh, I, I thought it because maybe he looks like a rack of lamb, you know. <laughs> like he's just a big, like before a cow's been slaughtered, he's almost just oh. you know, so big and um, no, I don't know exactly. Where they're... It's more uh, I've got no idea, and I don't want to get into trouble off Butch, so I'm not saying anything. 
he's a great man and uh, yeah. So no Gus idea. Paddy has a number of nicknames. So Pipes, Pipes Paddy, um, as he likes to call himself because of his big arms. And 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 I know um, just a, another another little pump up for Mary uh, Mary North Osteo. But I know you're also visit Pipesy Boy occasionally. Rolls? Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. Uh, I fully endorse um, the, um, the great Gus Paddy. Yes, and uh, he's also another. A loyal sponsor and um if you yeah, ever go down there to our customers or to our listeners if you ever become a customer of gus you can still hear the the screams of peter riley sort of echoing around the walls <laughs> um i understand that he he doesn't exactly bury his head in the pillow uh, when he's down there he's happy to let it all out yeah, look, my my pain as you get older you'll find this out uh, rob but as you get older your pain threshold um, diminishes a little bit and um, look, I thought I could handle a few things but look he's, he's got uh, very big hands Gus and so um, you know, working on um, you know, my, my hammies and trying to get the knees sort of working on the bend yeah I've been very close to tears and um, but look he, to his credit he just sort of keeps talking and um, you know tries to take your mind off it but uh, today I saw him and um, I think he must be doing a great job because he wasn't as uh, didn't hurt me as much today so um, yeah Get down there and uh, also look after you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And obviously there's a, a few other nicknames flying around the club. Um, I get I get Hassa from the Melbourne Footy Club. Um, team of the Century member, Hassa Man, that obviously, you know, very similar players. Um, and, uh, and the fact that our dad um, got that nickname. So I think someone picked that up years ago and given that to me which um, don't mind. So uh, Most people think it's because it's an avocado for some reason, but I usually <laughs> try to steer clear of that reason. Um, anyone else? Any other nicknames that pop to mind, guys? A couple that you, we've talked about tonight. Um, you, you mentioned Pistol Pete, um, referring to our special guest. Where does that one come from, Ross? Yeah, well... I- I think it was, um, I think it's from Ben's, uh, you know, all Ben's sort of friends because I, I certainly didn't have that, you know, when I was so, growing up. I mean, I had, yeah, just Riles, that's it. I mean, um, no legitimacy then. I was called uh, Mopsy for a little bit because uh, the hair, the, the hair restrictions were not as, um, they weren't as strict <laughs> back in my day. So I actually had oh. very, quite long hair, but it wouldn't grow long, it would grow out. And so I got called Mopsy there for a while. And, um, You've had a few interesting haircuts over the journey, Riles, haven't you? you you're a, a big um, wearer of the perm and moustache at one point, is that right? Well, that was going back a fair way. I, I, I actually um, I dated a, a hairdresser a long, long time ago. And, uh, unbeknownst to me, I, I wasn't really, um, you know, wasn't quite with it as far as hairstyles. And so she said she'd do a perm. Now, I just thought that, um, you know, you could wash these things out if you uh, didn't like <laughs> it looked and of course um i realized um because i had the mustache as well and um got home and i thought this doesn't look good so i jump in the shower and i'm trying to wash this out but of course um I, there's no way you can wash that perm out I, it was a few months before yeah that was a tough uh, few months on the footy field um yeah no wonder they were calling you Startsky for a while. With um... yes, yes. All, all sorts of things. I can't repeat them on, on this uh, on this show. Uh, one you mentioned earlier, Nick Marmo, Sticky Marmo. 
Rose, yes. that was one that yes. in my early years at the club, uh, yeah. Sticky Marmo was doing some of his work just with the long sleeves running around on a wing, sort of half forward in the seniors. Um, any idea where Sticky came from? Uh, no, no. Sticky Jukes, no, I think. No idea. Maybe. It yeah. was a very clean, skillful yeah. sort of player, so it sort of made a bit yeah, of sense. Definitely. Um, another one that um, you, you mentioned, Aldo Shiano and his 100 goals. I think the closest the club's yeah. ever got was Cam Rain, who kicked 98 in a year where there was about five forfeits and he played eight games or something. Mm, in the Rain Man. At the end of his career, yeah, Rain Man. And the other one that he had was Nodda, which was when... <laughs> A new player, so he was he'd been playing for probably 10 years <laughs> and self, you know, saw himself as you know one of the the absolute best, most should be most well-known players at the club. And, and a new guy came down to training and called him Nodder, and he really <laughs> didn't take kindly to it. And so he was Nodder for the rest of his career thereafter. That's good. Yeah. Well, That's back good. in my day, we're mentioning Aldo again, we used to call him the Italian stallion because um he always looked a million dollars, you know. He wore the tightest shorts and his hair was fantastic. And he always, after the game, he would be best dressed. And, um, yeah, so he was the Italian stallion. And we also had a guy called Bernie Slug Washington. Now, I still to this day don't know why he was called that, but uh, <laughs> I might have to investigate that. Because um, we've got our 40-year reunion this year. Uh, I don't know if it's been mentioned yet, but 40 years of uh, the very first premiership. Um, oh, that's so, huge! Yeah, so it's a pretty big milestone. So, sadly, the uh, Tony McCovo as our coach, passed away a few years ago now. But um, yeah, the last time we got together, we had about uh, probably ten or twelve players there, which was pretty good. So we only had twenty players back then. There was um, only two on the bench. So big, big year for reunions because I know I think yeah. they're the twenty eighth of August. I think might be the last home game of the season, and um, we've got a few big ones to celebrate because obviously there's the the 1981s, but then there's the 2000 senior premiership. Um, 2011, there's one I was involved in, which we're celebrating on that day as well. Ten years, so should be should be a pretty big day. Um, one guy who did play in that 2011 premiership was um, Matt Pollard. Buckets was his yeah. nickname. That was uh, just some very big hands. And just on reflection, I think the nicknames were a lot better in the old days than the current ones because uh, Shannon Mad Dog Morgan was another oh, one yeah, yeah, that I played yeah. with Mad Dog. Yeah. Mm. Um, for a pretty much an accurate description of what he was like on field, so wasn't you know wasn't that, too. Cryptic. Is that the same era as um, Casey Pileski shooter? Casey Pileski, yep, yep, Pileski, yep, shooter. Yep, yeah. did, his, uh, did his best work in the in the sort of tops of the trees and off the rooftops with a sniper rifle. <laughs> uh, we'll move on. Uh, there's a, there, I reckon they're sort of starting to get um, go full circle and we're starting to get sort of the same nicknames come through again. Um, so you obviously got, you've got the old Butch. He's not that old, but then you've got Jacob Uccello. He's, oh, yeah. he's, he's um, retired for the time being. Hopefully he comes back, but he's Butch for obvious reasons. There was a squid back in the day. One of the Chamberlains was squid. We've got now a new squid. As of this year, Ryan Lavery yeah. um, looks a bit like Squidward from SpongeBob SquarePants. So Squid, you've got and a couple of mad. You got Mad Dog Wellsford. Yeah, Mad. Dog, oh yeah, that was the other one I was going to bring up. Mad Dog Wellsford. Uh, what else? 
I guess also got, you've also got Lockie Man, Poodle. So he's he's a bit more yeah. on the smaller end of the, the dog yeah. family. And you've got the Poodle and the Pooch in the ones at the moment. Yeah, uh, true. As well, of course, with Nick Pascuzzi. I was going to bring um, Pooch up. I didn't – any idea why that would be? Just – I think, be the hair. I, think, I think he like sort of uh, nips at your ankles a little bit as he's zooming around the forward line. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's Jack Sullivan famously gave his, himself the nickname Skip. Uh, <laughs> but he gets he's silk not, as well. Yeah, and he's got a lot of Will Day about him. I'm not sure if you're familiar with your Hawthorne wingman halfback flankers, but if you, Will Day and Jack Sullivan, very, very similar. So there could be... I think Wilbur could be on the cards pretty soon for him. Okay, there you go. We've obviously got Sugar as as the senior assistant. That's obviously been given to him from way back. No, I don't know. Yeah, why. I, don't, I don't know. No one. That's one of Gus Paddy's favorite um, lines that he's been using on Thursday nights this year. Is what's Sugar's real name? And the young blokes can never answer when they put on the spot. <laughs> of course, we talk of Brian Winton, but yeah, he. That's and. PB, so Peter Banfield, on his back of his training jersey, he's got beach. So I'm not sure what Ooh. that means. I don't know. We, we might have to investigate that one. I'm not sure, if, Riles, if you know. But um, oh, no. yeah, that's, that's I've been that's, getting in, – in, uh, in recently I've been getting um, Kappa, Warwick Kappa, because <laughs> um, I'm, I'm known to take big – or almost take mark of the century every now and then. <laughs> Um, if you're down, yeah, the, for those who didn't see the twos game, yeah, the pretty much the ball <laughs> is sort of hovering just above an opponent's head, and he sort of tripped over, and then in the process, Deeg sort of laid across his back and tried to jump. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get That's very a, high, but he it, did, it looked spectacular. Oh, yeah, mate, I was get I was getting turbulence up in the clouds. That's how high <laughs> I, I got, mate. Um, yeah, look, who is, I, I missed, who posted I missed the whole third quarter. Lockie Mack and I posted a photo um, where he's, he's put my head on on Warwick Kappa's face while he's taken mark of the century. So, and, well, I obviously didn't get to see it because I was up in up in the airspace. But um, from what I hear, it was huge and just couldn't pull it down, unfortunately. But yeah, I get I got that a little bit um, over the last few days. So. Um, Hopefully, now I know that I can get off the ground a tiny bit. I'm going to go for another one um, between now and the rest of the year. So if you're listening and you want to come down, um, I don't know when, but so it'd be better off come to most games, but I'm going to take one. It's just it's for the Nodcast, the Nodcast family out there. It's coming. What about, what about some of the yesteryear? I understand, Riles, that Peter Hall may have had a nickname back in the day. Oh yeah. Besides the, uh, you know, besides Hawley, that we, we used to call him Wire as well because his hair uh, had the very tight, very tight curls, which uh, you can sort of see with, um, you know, young Simon there. So, yeah. Are we, are we talking roles like a yeah corn roll, you know, Dr. Dre style type <laughs> yeah. hair? Yeah, or? very tight, sort of tight ring sort of curls there. You know, not. Uh, yeah, so um, we have a lot of hair, though. He had a lot of hair as well. Um, not not so much these days, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was these tight little curls. So, yeah, and it was, yeah, and we called him Wire because it was that sort of, um, you know, Steelo type, uh, you know. The, 
Well, there, there could be something in that because we spent a fair bit of time this year talking about the the whole family and their and their hair different haircuts. And it's been noted that when we had Simon on the podcast earlier in the year, he he talked about he's growing his hair out and the and the locks and and getting prepared for a, a possibly a family performance. They take it very seriously, the hair in the whole family. And you know, yes. Jane obviously always has very nicely um, put together hair and. And, and obviously, Peter's got a history of that as well. But interestingly, on the weekend, Simon, I've never seen this. And usually the, the body wash sort of gets brought into the showers post-game, especially when the, the, the grounds are getting pretty heavy. But he took a little toiletry bag in on Saturday. And in the bag was some, some you know, sea salts and some body washes. But also he had some conditioner and shampoo for his hair. So he spent... A good halfer in there, really sort of massaging it into the scalp, and um, he came out looking a million bucks. So I wonder if there's a bit of a family tradition there to, to look after the wire and um, be ready for it later. How did he have a half an hour shower? Was there hot water? Yeah, there was. There was. There was some of our best hot water we've had for the year. Actually, someone remembered to turn right, it on. No, this that's week. good. Just, just, just park that in your memory banks because that just confirms a weekly whisper that I've got. <laughs> um, to bring up later, I just wanted to make sure there was hot water for the seniors. And oh, it might have been something to do because because it was a close game this week. Ryan Lavery actually um, played out the whole game, so he didn't get in there at three quarter times to get the um, bit of extra water. So yeah, no, he was in there and he's really lathering up a um, a thick setup there. So yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because sharing sort of become out of vogue a little bit for some players at the club. I'm not sure what it was like in your time, Riles, but yeah, it's, there's not yeah. a lot going on these days. Well, that's right. I, I'd often, um, I didn't think players had showers at all these days. Um, you know, they often would uh, turn up in the social room still in their shorts and jumpers. And I thought, gee, you know, they don't have a shower. And, and if they do have a shower, they've got their cubicles and, and, they, and they leave their shorts on and Back in our day, we had the big open um, showers and uh, we'd have a few beers in there and, um, you know, it was all, um, yeah, all, all there for... Times have changed. The old, old, old C-block prison style rooms. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, that's yeah, a lot of team bonding took place in that kind of environment. And, um, you know, that, I think there was a lot to do with our success back in those early days. So... Um, yeah, it's a shame they've got the cubicle situation these days. Yeah, it I is understand disappointing. The, um, yeah, the new generation, of course. Yeah, having been brought up in that that old era, um, I, I do remember it, Riles. And now we've sort of had to transition into more of a cubicle like setup. But mm. um, the doors don't always close, so that there's a di- bit of a generational divide between if you close the door, you open it up. Moving back to nicknames, just quickly. Um, We've gone through a few of the guys, and it's just a couple more we've got in the current crop. In the threes, we've got Pickles, Michael Pecora, um, and then that's that's got the flora covered. And then for the fauna, we've got Bambi, just the deer <laughs> with Sean Bamblett. So um, obviously covering both bases there, whether you're vegetarian or not. Um, Deeks, do you know any of the women's ones? I've, I've done a bit of digging. Jeez. The, the girls need to get the, as creative as they are. There's no nicknames uh, out in the girls. We've got three, three T's. So there's three uh, players that their name starts with T. So Tiani, Tahira, and Tanaya. They're all just T. Oh um, wow! Which makes Make it, it a bit tricky if they're on the same team. 
Interesting, because usually a nickname is to make someone more individual, not to make yeah. them uniform. Know? And yeah, I know. Well, like that. Maybe we can make it an old cast sort of thing. We will we'll come up with a few nicknames for a few of the girls. But and then I, I hear Aaron Bunter is getting coffee or, <laughs> or coffees. So um, maybe that's one that we might have we might have started. So hopefully that that takes off. But yeah, I. I'm really disappointed with the lack of nicknames. I think we can uh, make that a priority going into the girls' finals. A few nicknames uh, to get going around the club. What's um, what about Claudia? She must have a nickname, or at least you've you've got a pet name for her, surely. You know, like, <laughs> what, what do you, what do you yeah. call her like <laughs> at home there? Um, uh, you know? Claude. Yeah. Claude. That's about it. I'm not. I'm not a uh, pet name type person, but ah, that's just really. Oh hell no! <laughs> I wouldn't allow it. No, nah. uh, no, nah, she doesn't. Honestly, uh, got really nothing. Got really nothing. It's just Sam and Claude, basically. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else. She she gets like C mags, I guess, a bit, but they're not really interesting. We want some. We want some out there mm. nicknames. Some. Some ones the, that the, people ask, what, why? You they've know, got why to have some story to them. Um, I, I didn't go with this one earlier because it was a short-lived nickname, but an example of the kind of topical one earlier this season, just before his wedding, Joel Fitzsimmons from the um, from the thirds lost a heap of weight and for about a month went by the nickname of Tapeworm, um, which he put the weight back on, so we've just parked <laughs> that nickname since, unfortunately, for Fitzy. It's uh, Back to pre-wedding weight. Another good nickname was Tom Stanley. Went by tea bags for a long time. So oh, yeah. the the prison break character who lost his arms. So Tommy had a little cast on for a, a little while there, I think, and he got he was getting tea bags. I, I think that one stuck. I think um, I think this is a good topic. We might ask our listeners out there, dob someone in if there's some good nicknames going around, either current or or former players, or even just people you know. We'd love to hear them because. Uh, there's, I think the deeper you go on this, there's, there's some gold to be found. Um, let's move along because I know that there's a lot of anticipation as always for the weekly whispers. Um, I'm going to kick it off just because I was just needing that confirmation on some hot showers to be able to go with this. And knowing that the seniors had hot showers, um, I, I'm <laughs> going to run. After our game, so we had a triple header on the weekend at Central. The thirds played at 9.20. It was about two degrees at the time. And then I think warmed up a little for the resis. And then obviously it was sort of beautiful sunny day by the time the seniors played. Uh, we finished our game all covered in mud. You all saw what the ground condition was like. Everyone races in, straight into the showers, ice cold. Uh, everyone was a little disappointed, but, you know, sometimes the council doesn't always do the job that the council <laughs> paid to do by the ratepayers so we just sort of moved on and had our cold showers and went home i heard later on that uh i wouldn't ordinarily name names but i'm going to because of who this person is the groundskeeper so the the ground manager was spotted turning off the hot water at about halfway through the third quarter in the threes game after having a conversation with tom DeYoung, the threes coach um, the, the ground manager, of course, is John Mann, our father. Um, so clearly was absolutely no 
parental bias going on in that one. I don't know why, though. I don't know whether this was a let's save it for the seniors, a bit like the training ball scenario, or whether this was a you're getting beaten by 10 goals, you don't deserve hot showers, but apparently turned off, hot water held for later in the day. The, the, the only reason I'm sceptical of this, and I could see this happening, I, I could see Tommy sort of um, disappointed yes. with the boys and punishing, but... I reckon John Mann, knowing him as well as I do, would have delegated that task to someone else. I can't see him getting his hands dirty and turning the mane off himself. It's a button, apparently. Why would he be thinking about that? What, what? This is this is the stuff that goes on in the engine room of the club decks. It's it's all okay. easy to be up there planning social functions, but getting yourself I'm down thinking... in the grassroots, this is the sort of stuff that happens. Do we not have instantaneous hot water down there? Surely it just goes forever. Don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I remember round three, first game at Central in a couple of years, and my 200th game. We've came off after a disappointing loss. Ice cold showers. So, so we there not a, there's a tap. Is there? Okay. Yeah. No, it's like a hot water system. So you just turn it off. It's like a button. It's, you don't need to be a plumber. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But where whereabouts is this? Uh, <laughs> no, we know where. Not a water tank. Maybe we're diverting <laughs> to the water tank. Save water. Oh, I don't know. That's something Ryan Lavery would be doing. Just yeah. a cold uh, water tank shower. Hook it up to the side of the. Yeah, Pete, Pete all have to get onto it. Surely he, he, he's a plumber. Great plumber. Um, Surely he needs to investigate that. We can't have we can't have the cold showers. We want not, to encourage not particularly this. given the vintage of some of the thirds. Like there's mm. people that could get pneumonia. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, maybe yeah. it's part of your recovery re- regime. You guys aren't doing the extras. You're not getting in the ice bars. You're not having um, a dip in the ocean on a Sunday. So Tommy's thinks we've had an absolute crisis when it comes to soft tissue. Anything I can control is a cold shower. I'll make sure they do the recovery that way. Could have been. Couldn't tell you. Uh, Deegs, Rob, got any whispers for us this week? Yeah, well, I've got one. It's a, oh, it's, it's not really it's not really a whisper, but early in the season we were talking and, and we also brought it up with her when she was on the podcast, but Claudia boundary umpired for the seniors for a quarter and... <laughs> Sort of some of the worst throw-ins you'll ever see, but also caught the, the players off guard by doing the the netball uh, throw-in. So the front on, sort of, the front yeah. on, and they weren't ready for it. And then the the, the ruckman just crapping <laughs> oh. themselves. They weren't ready. So I th- I thought, yeah, it's not going to get much worse than You've that. You've seen it all. You've seen it all. Yeah, but then watching this, the seniors on the weekend, and and good of him to to step up and do it, but. Damien Sherlock, this is a man who's coaching the the under nineteens wins every week. Yeah, he's not he's not bad on the uh, the hand eye. I've seen him kick a footy, you know, all this kind of stuff. Just the first throw in I see, has, he's almost missed. It's almost gone forwards. <laughs> That's the first one I've seen, and it wasn't it wasn't wet. It was a little bit sort of uh, the ground was a little bit wet, but you're playing in dry conditions. For the most part, the next one I see is an absolute bullet throw. Yeah, off the ground, a meter off the ground. He he had a he had a stinking sort <laughs> of cut. minutes of, of throw-ins. I don't know. It must have got into his head, but yeah, just it was funny because we 
after just before half time, there was um, a break in play, as I mentioned before, when there was the injured Chris Campbell and their defender. And we brought all the boys in and we said, well, we know there's going to be a, a throw in right now. Let's have something set up because it was just outside the forward pocket. Um, let's try and get something set up here, you know, just to the players, anticipating just a consistent throw in. So we, we had the, you know, Pete Rosanetti was going to put on his left hip. Um, Sully was going to wrap around key goal. It was all it was all set up, and then the ball came out as an absolute bullet and cleared, <laughs> cleared the pack. Yeah, it was um, dangerous. So we didn't some of, these, some of these bullet throws. They're dangerous. They, someone could get knocked out for sure. And and Shirles has got a set of pipes on him as well. I've always seen him running around Oakley. He's a fit man and strong. If he's throwing <laughs> a bullet uh, bullet footy, you know, a meter off the ground, someone's going to get hurt. Um, so, Shells, that's sort of a pump up for you, I guess. You, we expect better. We expect better. I know you're volunteering, <laughs> but some of the, some of those throw-ins that were dished up, not up to par, I reckon. I like that because he got a massive rap from Phil Ryan for his yeah, volunteering about, work, and then you've just brought him back down to <laughs> to earth there. But I did give him. I gave him a heads up. I said, "I'm going with this, and you can't stop me." Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. it. Blackmail him. Brought up. Yeah. If, if if he wants to come on the podcast and actually give us something, even just name a best, then then you can. Uh, well, that can that is the beauty of the podcast, it. is that no one gets a reply unless we invite them on. So, can essentially <laughs> say whatever I want. Might lose a few friendships, but it's worth it for the views, isn't it? Well, speaking of replies, I must say I got the most feedback I've got at all from last week's episode uh, all season, and. That was pretty much universally in reference to my a gag I may have cracked about the dodos being extinct. Oh yeah, and yeah. it was polarizing feedback. There was some really heartening, you know, I stand by Steve type messages of support saying I actually thought it was quite good. Disappointing to hear <laughs> the, the Stone Cold Silence, and then I got a few of the guys in my team just roasted me with that, that's just some of the worst work I've heard on any media forum <laughs> ever. So um, it's yeah. It's it went both ways, but it's good to see the feedback coming in. You do. I've, I actually, I'll, I want to bring it up now. I like to listen to to the the episode sort of in the days after it's posted, just see how how we sound and better ourselves for the week after. I don't. I in the moment, I don't notice how many dad jokes he's slipping in, but there is a lot. <laughs> there is a lot that go that go over my head in the time, and then I I listen back to it and I go, God, is that what he's going with? Well, the people that kept talking to me and saying, you can really tell Steve's had another kid recently because he, he sounds more and more like a dad every episode. He's really doubled down on his on his um, his newfound family man status. I don't know what happens. It's um, Riles, this probably might have gone through a similar oh. thing yourself, but you just yeah. suddenly start to find yourself enjoying this type of humour as soon as yeah. you give birth. It's like, well, not that I gave birth personally, but I don't know. It's, it's like some genetic thing that just happens to you. Yeah, it, it's a rite of passage. I, I, I've really enjoyed them, actually, Steve, so I wouldn't be um, uh, those people that are criticising you. I think that, uh, yeah, it's, uh, and you'll, you'll find that uh, they'll, they'll get better and um, you'll find uh, there's a lot more of them. <laughs> and also you'll find at a certain age that you can start ribbing your children and uh, getting your satisfaction from that, I suppose. Just for <laughs> yes, my absolutely. whisper... I've got a big one, and this could this could impact you too, um, Riles. So last night we had, and, I, and I've been talking about you know tough, hard inside mids 
um, going to join the team later in the season. And I've been talking about Stewie Inglis, but last night, big name on the track, former Premiership vice-captain Steve Wellsford made his way back to, to training after having been cited um, for a couple of months, you know, got a bit of working through some body issues and um, physical body issues, not... Um, you know, not uh, his body own, image. Body image issues. He's pretty proud of the rig. I think, and he's got good reason to be. But he um, he was down in training last night, and he's as you would know, being also a timekeeper, but also our registrar. That the June thirty deadline is fast approaching, and as of last night, he had not registered. And as I left training, I, I said, you know, make sure you register. And he said, I've got no uh, no idea of what to do. And I said, well, speak to Peter Riley. Make sure it's done before June 30. Otherwise, we can't get you out in the park. So first part of the whisper is he's at training. Can you confirm the second half of the whisper, Riles, that he's made contact and he's registered and ready to go? Well, yes, I can. And uh, we're Ooh. sitting around a dinner table and uh, Ben, who doesn't say a lot, and uh, he happened to mention that about Steve. And so I said, well, because I know pretty much who has. I said, well, I don't think he's registered. But then I uh, got the old laptop out and sure enough, 758 or something, new registration, Stephen Wellsford. On the oh. he, he, he's a smart boy, Steve. So he, um, he must have worked it out, didn't need my help. And... Um, yeah, uh, Ben was quite excited that uh, he had registered. So um, thinking that he might end up uh, in the twos, I said, we well, may have to come through the threes. You know, he's been, he hasn't missed a few weeks. So, we'll um, take him. Yeah. Probably sweet yeah. he, got asked, he got asked to fill in last week. We were a bit short on numbers at one point and, and he said no. And then he's, but then he came down to the game and obviously saw the, the twos sing the song and how, how much fun we're having with a one-point win. And he said, no, nah, change your mind. I'm back in. Get me in the team. I think his two brothers playing would be also a big attraction. Yeah, that's a, yeah. You don't get much of a chance uh, to play with, um, you know, the brothers and especially two of them. So that'd be a great thrill. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's a Nodcast um, exclusive. Yes, all good tonight. to go. He's all good. Ross, you got any whispers for us? Well, know, as the I, registrar, I, you're the man who keeps secrets. If this was. Game of Thrones, you'd be the the yes. guy who just knows everything. He has his little birdies out there. So, well, I look, what can I, you reveal? I, I don't look. I don't. This has actually come to me today, and um, it sort of ties in nicely with the topic, um, which just by pure coincidence. So, I mentioned earlier I happen to be uh, at the Great uh, Narriwarren North Osteo Clinic. <laughs> Another free plug there for, for Big Gus. And, and we're just chatting away about different things. And um, he happened to say to me, you, you, have you got a uh, something for the weekly whisper? And I said, oh, gee, I, no, I don't. I, I'm, well, I'm not sure. He said, well, look, I've got something. But I can't tell you, I can't tell you too much. Just, just before you continue, yes. I love that you're actually whispering while you're saying this. <laughs> Well, I'm trying to keep my noise down because Ben's going to start bashing the walls. <laughs> Sorry, please continue. He gets grumpy when he doesn't have much sleep. But um, anyway, so he says oh, there's a new nickname for a member of the senior team. I said, oh, okay, um, but I can't tell you who it is. I said, well, that's not much good. He said, no, no. He says, I'll, I'll tell you what the nickname is 
and then you go back and watch the footage of the game and see if you can work out who it is. So I don't know. I haven't had a chance to watch the game, and I don't know what he's talking about. He wouldn't give his very, he wouldn't divulge the name, but he said there's a new nickname for a senior player, and the nickname is. I just got to look it up. It's it's footsteps. <laughs> I don't know who he's referring to um, <laughs> because I haven't watched the game, um, and because uh, I actually left half time because I had the COVID test. Not the COVID test. I had the, uh, the vaccination. I started to feel a bit, uh, you know, fluey. And so I went home for a bit of a rest. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's my, that's my whisper. But I, I don't know who he's referring to. So I, I don't know if you guys know anything about that's this. A good, that's a very good whisper. Yeah. That's, yeah. But now yeah. I really want to know. people coming through the tapes now. And, and also, um, Gussie not being, you know, out on the field for a while or a training, he's, he's obviously still got his ear to the ground. Yes. Could, could he be referring to himself in just that he was just that bit nervous to play the trumpet? Just second thought himself, just didn't go in hard enough when it came time to to just play the tunes when, when the boys got on top? Well, <laughs> he, he could because he did mention that he hadn't um, he hadn't been sort of mentioned on the on the um, podcast that much recently. So I said, well, look, I'll, I'll mention you a couple of times and, um, yeah, well, you you time. once an episode is not enough for him. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> interesting. Anyway, that's probably a, a good spot to wrap it up. Um, just before we, we do, Riles, uh, how's the recovery for the knee going? I was just keeping a scorecard of how many times you mentioned that you're recovering from surgery, so probably worth checking yeah, in. So I've, just... waiting, I've been waiting for you to ask me about that. No, look, it's, uh, it, it's eight weeks today, so um, look, it's going really well. So I'm walking and I actually went to the hydrotherapy pool again for the second time today, and we know we're running out of time, but um, it's, uh, they're, they're an interesting um, uh, scenario, the, the hydrotherapy pool. But for the second, and I, I went to Ashburton, lovely place, but for the, it's the second time I've been there, and for the second time, I was uh, just mid, this is, you know, minding my own business in the change room, and I got approached by a guy, a guy and just started chatting to me about... Um, First of all, he wanted to know the time and then he told me about where he's been travelling. Here I am trying to get changed, ready to go for a swim. And it was quite, that's, that's uh, happened to me on Friday. Guys sort of started chatting about um, footy and, you know, so I don't know what it is. Um, uh, you're advocating it... for group showers though. For the cubicle, yeah, none of that, just straight down to business, uh, in and out. Yeah, but that's right. I just, uh, you know, normally you're, you're there just minding your own business and, um, you know, you're, I was just a bit shocked to, um, to, but maybe they're just a bit lonely and wanted to have a bit of a chat. So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, but no, look, the, the recovery's going well. It's, uh, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to being, uh, getting back to school, um, sort of. <laughs> Very oh, good. we could have you back, Riles. We've missed you around school. So, and I know you're shooting you, stuff, so it'd be good to have Thanks you back. Thanks a lot. Yes, We're looking forward to seeing much. that St Kilda tie each Monday, as you like well, to wear. Let's hope so. Let's hope so, um, as long as we keep winning. Well, thanks very much for joining us, Riles. It's been a pleasure having you on the Nodcast finally. And uh, Rob Deegs, thank you and good luck for this week. We'll uh, hopefully finish off with a, a big swag of wins for the Nodders before we head into a couple of buys. Can't wait. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been uh, a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah. and you're doing a great job. 
um, certainly uh, adding a, a new dimension to the footy club. So, yeah, keep up the great work. Thanks, Pistol. Thanks, guys.